Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. Today I wanted to talk about some first impression how-tos, some really tactical things that you can do and uh, some conversation basics, right? So that you're not stuck talking about the weather or being super concerned about, I don't know what to say, so I just don't say anything. So we are going to start with presentation. And what I mean by that is that you need to put some effort into what you look like when you leave the house to be social. Uh, Wear whatever you want when you go to the grocery store, but ideally, unless you work in some cave by yourself, or you literally just don't care about how your coworkers and other people perceive you, which you probably should. Uh, anyone who's worked anywhere for any period of time knows that promotions are generally who you know and who people like. It doesn't always go to the person best suited or whoever just comes in and busted every day. Uh, you have to play the social game, right? So you can fight the way the human animal works, or you can go along with it uh, to achieve your goals. And this doesn't mean that you have to be Dapper Dan every time you step out the house. Your boy loves uh, the jeans and t-shirt combo as much as the next guy. Uh, But you want to make sure that your shirts are ironed or at least, you know, you can throw them in the dryer beforehand. You're not a wrinkly mess. No stains and that the clothes fit. And fit means that with pants that you could wear them without a belt and they would still stay up. They would also be long enough. Um... Length is going to vary depending on the type of style that you're looking for, so I won't comment on that. And on the shirt front, if you look over at your shoulders, there would be some stitching. Um, and hopefully that, sh- that stitching is not on your arms. If it's on your arms, it is too big of a shirt and you should have gotten a smaller shirt. The stitching is meant to signify where the shoulder ends in the arm is supposed to begin. Finding clothing that fits is probably more important than brand, unless you're trying to be some sort of fashionista, in which case you wouldn't be listening to advice from me about clothes. But this is uh, pretty important, and anyone who's seen Queer Eye, for instance, knows how much different a person looks just from getting clothes that fit them properly. It doesn't really matter what the type is, um, because as we know, people have been, well, since people have been putting on clothes, people have been using clothes to signify that I am like you or I am part of a tribe. So it's less about what you wear and more about what the clothes look like on you, um, what message you want those clothes to send to other people. And then obviously you want to wear things that are for the situation. Don't go to an interview wearing jeans and t-shirt unless you're in a business where jeans and t-shirts to interviews are normal and if that was the case you would know that now i have a personal pet peeve um on accessories that sarah laughs at me about and that i got from a friend of mine that i used to work with so if we're going out and i am getting dressed up for something if i have on a brown belt i have a brown wallet and brown shoes if i have on a black belt i have a black wallet and black shoes Uh, I tend to wear brown 99% of the time, unless you're going to something super formal, in which case I'll whip out the black ones. 
and if I'm wearing a watch, the band matches as well. Now, the only important thing I wanna mention here is with dress shoes, for the love of God, no square toed shoes, no square toed shoes, get round toed shoes. And if you can't tell the difference, uh, when you go to the store to buy shoes, you can ask the person who works there to help. But uh, an easy way, if you look down and you look like you got skis on your feet, those bad boys are square, you need to get yourself some round shoes. One last thing on fit is that depending on your body size, you may not be able to find something off the rack that fits well. Generally, this should not be an issue with t-shirts. You may run into it when you get onto dress clothes. I would find yourself a tailor, uh, it's usually not too expensive. I have, there's someone in town that I go to and only have to go to for pants. Um, it's usually easy enough to find something that fits uh, top-wise. Now I say all that because presentation is important and when meeting people for the first time, you're going to be dealing with every single inherent bias they ever had or ever got from someone and it is much easier to not need to dig yourself out of a hole that you put yourself into because you showed up to an interview, for instance, with a wrinkly ass shirt. Stop it, you're a grown man, don't do it. Oftentimes decisions come down to who people like the best, who they think fits the best, and clothes are going to go a long way at least in people's unconscious um, decision-making, just sort of is what it is. Now on to hygiene. The most simple thing I could say here is take a shower, people. Stop showing up to places funky. It makes no sense. If you're using uh, some sort of hippie deodorant like I do, make sure that it actually works. I had to go through a bunch of different brands before I got to a brand that I was not going to sweat through. Or like you just, in the middle of the day, you just smell um, obviously you don't want to smell, so make sure you find something that fits. With fingernails, you need to keep those bad boys cut. You don't need to look like you have some sort of coke nail pinky or something. Uh, first of all, it's unsanitary. Second of all, come on, son, it's 2020. And uh, the second part is that the, you don't want any dirt underneath your nails. This is just easier if you keep these things short. Uh, get your hair cut. If you, you know, go to a salon or something, have a regular person that you see, and if you shave, take care of your face. Um, it doesn't have to be some sort of, you don't need model looks to show that you gave a little bit of a shit about yourself before you left the house, and it is reflected, right? And you don't have to be the greatest dude, you don't have to look like a movie star, you just have to be 2% better than all the other slobs walking around out here and it makes a world of difference. And frankly, as guys, we get off easy on this front. Women have to do a whole lot, which they probably do for each other and themselves, less for us, but they do notice when you take care of yourself. Uh, it just has to be done here, guys. All right, so with that out of the way, let's move on to first impressions. Now, when do you think a first impression happens? If you chose whenever you walk up to meet someone, that is incorrect. A first impression happens basically the moment you enter the general vicinity that somebody else is in. So if you are going on an interview or you are going out to meet people, you want your body language and everything else to be tight and ready to go from the moment you step foot into the building or if health, they could see you walk up to the building um, from like getting out of the car onwards and these can be pretty hard to fix and in some cases you won't be able to fix them people have made a snap judgment and you'll just have to have to deal with it uh this is where a lot of that mindset stuff comes in from the previous episodes uh because meeting people and rejection can hurt at times but 
and luckily there's just enough people on this planet that you don't need to take it too seriously and you'll have plenty of practice but just know that once uh, you get out the car you go into the building you're getting out for the date or whatever it is game time and you want to make sure that everything is good and ready to go from that point on so with body language and the reason why i listed those resources is that uh the majority of conversation is not what you say, it is how it is delivered and what you look like while delivering it, um, at least in person, right? And then um, when you're on the phone or people are listening, they're going to get a lot from your voice, which is why the smiling and dialing phrase from anybody in sales is a thing because people can tell when you are happy or just sort of going through the emotions. So once you are going up to like into a situation, you want to make sure that you are standing up correctly and that you have open body postures and communications and not closed. So take your hands out your pockets. People need to be able to see your hands. Um, really, when it comes down to a body language is less lie to me. Not sure if anybody remembers that show um, where the dude basically looked at people and could tell if they were lying. Uh, you can get to a point where once you have someone's baseline, you can sort of tell if they have some sort of general thing that they don't like. Uh, baselines take time to get and you just won't have them on new people. So it's more about making sure that you convey um, proper body language that matches the message you want to give verbally. So if you're like, hey, I'm a friend, I want to be open and honest, then you want to convey that with open and honest body language. Don't cross your arms, hands out your pockets eye contacts and smiles now with the smiles and there's um, pictures in the captivate book which is why i recommend it you want to make sure you smile with the eyes and not just with the mouth smiling with the eyes is how you can tell that someone is generally happy to see you versus them just doing it because they read it in a book somewhere uh, whenever you think about the terrible used carsman stereotype with that cheesy smile uh, their eyes never really match. This is also when you go to meet people and they're smiling at the mouth, uh, but you don't really, if there's something off-putting about it, the reason why it's off-putting to you is because they're not smiling with the eyes. When people have true smiles, you get these little lines in the corners um, of the outside of the eyes. A few more things on body language here. You want the shoulders to be down and back, right? Well, this brings the head up and look out. When you are walking, you don't need to look down. Uh, you can see where you're stepping because when you're looking forward, you can see where the thing is in front of you. Uh, the ground's not going anywhere. Just continue to walk. Now, the the big part here with body language is you basically want to look relaxed and confident. When you sit down, feel free to take up some space, right? You don't need to sit hunched over like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm, see what I did there? It's the Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure that's the fancy man's pronunciation. In any case, you don't need to be hunched over. Go ahead and sit up and take up some space and just look like you're happy, confident in yourself, and you want to be there. Uh, you could say that you feel that way when you are hunched over and you just do that because it's easier for you. I can understand that you feel that way, but that is not how people interpret it from the outside. Uh, it just is what it is, man. There's no point in trying to fight the social programming built into people. It is just going to be much easier if you learn to work with it, if you want the results, right? Um, and people want to be with people that are like them or they feel they're on the same level. And anyone who is confident in themselves is not going to want to hang out with someone who is not. Shit's exhausting. Uh, it's just not worth it for them. And since all relationships are an exchange of some sort, 
it just has to be worth it for uh, to be able to interact in any matter period okay vocal tonality this is a big one um, as well as rate of speech and this is something that I struggled with and probably still do uh, occasionally and I have to keep a sort of uh, mental note whenever I notice myself doing this because I was raised by a woman and I tend to uh, default to like a higher register than what my voice actually is if I'm speaking from the diaphragm. So the way that you can tell if you are speaking from your diaphragm or not is that when you go to hold your nose and speak, if your voice changes and goes up a register instead of sounding how it would sound whenever you're not holding your nose, you are not speaking from your diaphragm, you're speaking from the throat. Now, um, there's also rate of speech. So when people talk really fast like this because they don't want to get interrupted, that means that they are used to being interrupted. And unless you are a twister or some sort of rapper, you don't need to speak that fast. Go ahead and speak at a normal tone. People will listen. If you think you're going to be interrupted and then you have to talk fast in general to get out what you want to say, that conveys to somebody else, and once again, this is all subconscious, that you are used to being interrupted and thusly they don't need to listen to you. Um, another thing is that feel free to leave in some pauses. You don't have to speak a hundred percent of the time. Taking some time to think is fine. Uh, leaving somebody else space to think is also fine. Just because someone's not talking does not mean it is awkward. Whoever can sit in the silence and not be bothered by it usually uh, is the more confident person. And just to briefly touch on confidence here, it is easy to remain confident in a situation that may not work out the way that you want it to when the other pieces of your life are put together and you know that you are handling things the way you should handle them. So if you don't have any sort of hobbies or things that you're interested in, you need to get some. The idea well, before you go out to meet people or in any sort of social situation is that you are fine regardless of how this works because the rest of your life is something that you would be cool inviting someone into or if you had to return to it without some random person that it is no sweat off your back, right? It does not make a difference. People are there to enrich your life, not to make your life. You have to build your own life to be something that you are satisfied in. All right, so body positioning. We sort of talked about this um, in the previous episode, but you you don't want to stand front on front with someone like in an interview, unless it's an interview, in which case you probably can't avoid it, um, unless it is unavoidable, right? Uh, an easier way to have conversations with people is to pivot off to the side for them. And that's two things. One, uh, whenever you go to meet someone new, the fight or flight response is going to be firing in both of you because you're just trying to figure out if you can trust this person or not. And to take some pressure off of the situation, it is better not to be directly in front. Now, this is not always possible, so sometimes you have to pivot off to the side. Ideally, you could stand next to someone so you're elbow to elbow, and then you have the conversation that way. Turn your head to look at them whenever you go to talk, and then break eye contact when they are talking. This way, um, like if you ever had this thing where you're like, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. The reason why you blinked is because your brain is trying to process all these different things at once. We talked about this in the stress management thing. It is not possible to for the higher order functions that are handled by the neocortex 
to be performed when your amygdala is firing all the time. And that's going to happen whenever you're in um, a situation, especially if you're talking to someone that you're interested in. Uh, the quote unquote bigger the stakes are that you make them, the more important it's going to be that you don't want to be face to face to someone, um, basically interview style, right? When you first meet them. Uh, point number two is that this allows them to turn to face you. And once you start doing this, you'll notice that everybody does it unconsciously um, and that you didn't know how you didn't see it in the first place. Truly starting to get the body language stuff down is like living in the matrix. So how do you know if someone is actually interested in what you have to say or if they're just humoring you, giving you the benefit of the doubt? Um, when you are turned away from them, so you're side by side, people will start to slowly rotate when they're like, hey, this person is interesting. I'm invested in this conversation. I want to hear more about what they have to say. They'll, they'll start to turn their bodies, their feet will towards towards you, their torsos will turn towards you. This is how you know a person is really interested in not just being polite. Now, if you're standing front on front with someone, they never have the opportunity to do that. So now you're just doing guesswork. It's also far too positive, right? Like you really need this to work and people sort of want what they can't have. Um, or basically they may or may not be comfortable with the situation because you're putting too much pressure on it for when you first met a person. So you pivot off to the side, you're speaking to them from the side. Eventually, once they get invested in the conversation, they will start to turn to face you. Now, if you're interested in them and you also want to continue this conversation, then you can turn and, um, and in turn give them that same sort of uh, body language. Okay, so conversational tactics. Point one is going to be make sure that you are pivoting off to the side, leaving some space for the attention to uh, move off the, t the natural tension that exists between two people whenever possible. Uh, one, this will help you with the I ran out of things to save portion because now your brain can actually work in the situation instead of managing a fight or flight response and not being able to come up with things to say. And two is to not put so much pressure on what you actually come up with to say. You don't have to hit it out of the park every time you go to meet someone. Uh, you just need to make sure that you can keep some basic conversation running. So uh, the big rule here is that do not interrogate people. You need to also contribute to the conversation. If you ask someone a question about, let's say, what type of music they like, or did they hear about some sort of article, or if you're at a business function and something business related, when they go to answer, you need to also provide some input. And input is not, okay, cool, or that sounds great. Like you need to actually give a response, like a real sentence. Like if you go, cool, cool, and then just ask a new question, and then, and then you never give any input, it's going to start to feel like an interrogation. That person is going to feel weird, and then they're just gonna wanna exit the conversation. Do not put the onus on another person where they have to carry your ass in a conversation the entire time. And your input doesn't have to be exactly what they are talking about, right? So if you walk into a conversation or you ask people about sports and they mention golf and you don't like golf, um, and you follow up with like what they like about golf and they mention that something about the dedication and the amount of time and the hours that people put into getting good at golf, you can tie that into something that you are also interested in to form a connection. It is less about the, the actual content, what people are saying, and more about the emotions 
underneath what they're talking about that's going to build a connection between you and someone else. You know, sometimes you get lucky and you happen to be wearing a shirt and somebody else, oh, dude, I love that band. And that just makes it easy because you can use the band as a jump off point. Um, probably with most people, you may not have any shared experiences like a school, especially if you move to a new town and you're trying to build a new social circle. Uh, the emotional connections is going to be the way to go. Also, when someone shares something and it is more than just basic surface information, you want to reward them uh, for sharing. And I know that seems kind of weird to put it that way, but this is essentially what you're doing. You are acknowledging that you heard them say something that was a little risky, right? Was a bit of disclosure on their point. So if they share something that makes them feel a little vulnerable and you just skip over it without acknowledging like, hey, uh, it sounds like you're a good friend because you helped someone plan some bachelor party for instance, and they brought up all the work that they did on this thing, you acknowledging that you heard that, right? And then giving um, just some input back on how you feel about this sort of thing is going to go really far and help differentiate you from other people that they meet throughout the evening. Now, all of these things require you to actually be listening when other people talk and not just waiting for your turn to talk. I know that you want, like if someone brings something up and they're talking, there's a, a tendency to fixate on a particular point in a conversation because you have something that you want to say. And feel free to note that in your head, but you need to be able to note that in your head and then actually listen to the remainder of what they're talking about and not just try to formulate uh, the next sentence to keep the conversation going. This is why I like meditation as a stress reducer because the whole point of stress of meditation is to stay in the moment, right? Keeps you from planning ahead, return to now, return to now, return to now as what the, the breath gets the, the brain to do. This way you're not running your own conversation in your head and not actually listening to what the other person said. And if you feel like you're going to do that in your response when they go to stop talking, it's going to take too long and they're going to walk away, promise you if they are involved in the conversation they aren't just going to leave and if it really is going to take you some extended period of time just say that you know what that's really interesting i need a second to formulate a thought that's literally all you have to say and that brings me on to the next next point is that feel free to call out something awkward that happens that immediately makes it less awkward um or if like the sun is in your eyes or something and you're squinting uh, make sure that you tell people stuff like that. These are really tiny things that you don't think make a difference. But if they can't see or experience what is making you uncomfortable and it's got nothing to do with them or you just not being confident, it's going to come across as unconfident unless you let them know that this is what you're doing, in which case it's fine. Like an easy example of this is that if you stumble a little bit going up to talk to someone, feel free to just laugh it off and then call uh, attention to the fact that you stumbled, right? Everybody has stumbled before. This makes it seem less awkward, gives you an easy conversation point, and then you can move on from there. There's no such thing as a perfect interaction with someone, so just go with the flow. If it works out, it works out, and if it doesn't, there's plenty more people on the planet. Not that big a deal. Now, the emotional connection piece is not just the, I've never been skiing in Aspen, so I can't talk to someone who brings up skiing in Aspen part will help you talk uh, basically forever. But if you need help in this regard, there are some things that you can do 
basically, and this isn't going to be the sexiest thing, but I've done this before and it helps, especially when you're trying to manage a bunch of other things when you're starting out, or if just certain things are important to you with the type of person that you're type you're going to meet. Um, there'll be a, a dating specific episode in the future. But an example I like to use is that if I have these three things that are important to me, I want to work these things into conversation to hear what you have to say about them, right? If you have some sort of requirement uh, and your friends, like my thing is music. So if you like music a lot, we're probably going to get along. Even if I don't like the music you like, I could appreciate that you like it. Just that uh, there's some weird connection thing with me and music. But if you, if I feel that you're really close minded about a certain thing without hearing about that, I just extrapolate that on to other close mindedness that could be wrong or not. However, that's my prerogative. So, um, like with friends, this may not be that big of a deal, but with partners in my life when I was still like dating, it was. So I had a music question and there can be some like three or four different lighthearted questions that you happen to throw into a conversation whenever the conversation quote unquote dies to, to restart it. Feel free to do that. Um, generally though, I haven't done that in a while. I tend to just use anecdotal um, things around me to sort of start a conversation with someone. But if I was going out dating again, like, you know, God forbid if something happened between me and Sarah, best believe I would sit down again, write out what is important to me now at this stage of my life, and then make sure that anybody that I'm screening into my life also fits um, into these things. So this is why I talked about purpose and boundaries in previous episodes. You need to know who you are, the type of people that you want into your life, and then formulate some light disclosure questions that can sort of give you a glimpse into that. Um, that way you can ask these questions when you go to meet people and you're not just coming up with everything off the cuff uh, as it happens. Because remember, as much as you are going to meet these people and you want to get along with them, you also want to make sure that these people are going to be, frankly, worth your time. Uh, time is the only thing that you cannot get back in this life. So and you don't want to waste it with people that you're going to hate uh, um, four dates later when you could have figured that out um, from the jump. Okay, so I think I'm going to call it there on this tactical episode. So we covered vocal tonality, some conversation basics, uh, body language, hygiene, clothing. Uh, this is some really fundamental things, but the fundamentals are what you build build upon right and having a strong base is how you get anything done uh, feel free to contact me via email or instagram if you have any questions uh, comments concerns etc until the next week i love y'all stay safe and i'll see you soon thank you for hanging out with me on the true masculine project please like rate and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app uh, if you want to interact with the show you can catch us on instagram at true t-r-u-e mp underscore podcast see you next time